What's up, everyone? This is Press X to Ramble. Press X to Ramble is a podcast where we get to talk about whatever we want. And today we are rambling about Shang-Chi. I think I got that right. No, they, you they, didn't. They, they, no it, I thought it was she. It's not Chi, it's she. It's Shang. Shang. You said Shang. It's Shang. Oh. Shang Chi. Well, here's a disclaimer. We're still messing as up you, either way, because um that's I'm gonna tell you. Y'all, y'all as you me. can see, as you can see, none of us is Asian of Asian descent. Uh, and you should be able to see this because you should also be watching this on video because this is a primarily video podcast. So we're going to do our best with these names. And if we mess up, we apologize. No, we, apologize. we, 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 we learned some East Asian languages. That's true. Not yeah. Fluent. I, I took three and... years of Japanese. And if these were Japanese names, I would probably still massacre them, but I'd be a little better off. But I, I didn't have, cho- I didn't have a choice with, Jap- or with Chinese, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Or Mandarin. I'm, I'm my bad. I'm sorry. In, in barely get English right, y'all. In 20 so, years, <laughs> when China becomes an overwhelming po- with overwhelming world power that cannot be ignored, Mandarin and Cantonese will be languages, electives, and schools. That's true. That's true. That's true. Hopefully, uh, we'll see if London will will elect to learn uh, Mandarin. Don't worry. You, you live in a English. good neighborhood. You go to good schools. You know. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you barely get Spanish and Palmer State Public Schools. All right. So. All right, so let us. Oh wait, oh, yeah. you know what? Before before we do this, I got to do the housekeeping because housekeeping is important because housekeeping keeps the house. Uh, there is a new section on our website called Press. Actually, it's not called any. Uh, it's actually Press X for questions. Uh, you go to pressx2start.com/slash/questions, and there you can ask us whatever question you like, and we will take that question. We will read that question, and then we will decide where we will put that question to answer it. So do that. Other than that, we have a culture cast that it was an impromptu culture cast about us talking about Martin Luther King being in Fortnite. Mm-hmm. So that is a that's a video and audio uh, product. So make sure you check that out on our web tube and on our web tube. Jesus, make sure you check that out on. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. You're now <laughs> right? dad. You know that. <laughs> make sure you check that out on our YouTube channel, which you can access at pressx2start.com/slash/youtube. And then, and then listen to it on our audio podcast, because that's what you should be doing as well. So do that. All right. Now with that done and the house being kept, let us talk about this movie. Douglas, what was your, well, we'll right now we'll do a, we're, we're going to spoil. You, you, you haven't introduced anyone. Oh my God. Oh, you know what? This being a ramble, this is what you should get used to, guys. I am DJ, a.k.a. Daddy Longlegs, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. Did You Know? I don't really have anything for this. Uh, Avery is our resident uh, comic book archive, so I I don't have a did you know other than Shang-Chi was a Marvel movie. Oh, apparently this movie is set within uh, the last Spider-Man movie. It's, It's at that time frame. So this is before the Loki MCM stuff happens, so that's why there is no multiverse craziness happening here. You, you also probably shouldn't be expecting any multiverse craziness for a while. Okay, okay, there you go. That's my. Did you know who else is here? Avery, what was that? Yes, my name is Avery. How you doing? Uh, resident Marvel fan. One. Uh, the I don't know biggest Marvel fan on this podcast. So let's just go with that. <laughs> As you Captain it. America is that pillow? No, it's one oh, of those. Back. It's one of those weird, like uh, uh, lacquered images on a frame. Mm. I have a Guardians of the Galaxy one 
that's I, I here's the thing my room's in a weird state where like i want to mount these on the wall but like i don't there's like windows. there's windows and stuff so i'm yeah. like <laughs> true that and last up i'm douglas nivens i'm your very hard-working barrister of baltimore oh yeah uh, so one thing i was able to get myself out of work commitments to actually go see this movie mm. uh, i have lots of thoughts and looking forward to sharing them with you guys. Bet. With that being said, and us actually being introduced, let us give our impressions of this movie. Douglas, you go first. I mentioned this is a spoiler-free section. No, we're we're spoiling everything. We're not oh, even we're doing just spoiler free. It yeah, we're just, there we go. Yes. All right. Not at all. Hey, let's put some spit on it. Um, so <laughs> I greatly enjoyed this movie. I really, I didn't have low expectations yeah. of it, but I really, really enjoyed it. Like I said, um, and the acting, the the construction of the story, you know, like I said, Disney knows how to kill off a parent, and they did that well. Um, Times two. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Aquafina, keep this up a job. I love that girl. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You get so many <laughs> S bombs in this film, so yay for PG thirteen standards here. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like I said, it is it was well worth my time, my money, and um, it's not worth. Now we'll say it's not worth like the twenty bucks to buy the the, the Sungji skin on Fortnite. So I, I wouldn't oh. recommend you doing that. <laughs> um, that <laughs> but it, it it is a it is a good movie. And it's, I would say if you feel safe and comfortable, it's definitely a movie worth watching in a movie theater. I don't think you get the same effect watching it at home. So if you are safe and comfortable and able to do so, I would recommend watching it in a movie theater, especially with mm-hmm. that third act. Yeah, yeah, you can have some Game of Thrones flashbacks if you don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, um, Avery, what was your what was your uh, impression? I okay. I enjoyed this movie. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it, and I I I had a lot of mixed emotions coming out of the theater. And it was one of those experiences that I. This is one of those movies where like Marcus is my Marvel movie buddy. Where mm-hmm. typically the two of us see a Marvel movie, and then we spend the next hour to two discussing how we feel about it dissecting it and doing all that stuff we couldn't really do that because marcus is uh currently in la now finally he's he's moved into his new place and he's dealing with all that adult stuff to get that set up so we really couldn't have that conversation so i spent like a a full day just stewing on my thoughts on this movie after the fact and how i felt on it with no one to really talk to uh but and ultimately i came out saying that this is a good marvel movie uh there's nothing aggressively bad about this movie, but I think in regards to its narrative construction, it's probably, for me, one of the weaker movies I've seen in a while. Hmm. In that, have anyone, have any, have you guys seen Raya and the Last Dragon? No, no. I, yeah. we were supposed to see it, but we never got a chance to see it. Okay, well, it's on Disney Plus right now for free. Well, Part of your subscriptions, you can watch it. But uh, I was shocked when we got to the third act of this movie and it became Ryan the Last Dragon. Like, beat for beat. Oh, that is yeah. the oh, really? exact same thing that happened in this movie. And I was like, 
Well, my, See, my question. You felt that. I felt Game of Thrones. I was like, well, my, this is the whole. My, my question, though, is that is that is that is it is it that Shang Shang no Shang Chi became Raya the Last Dragon or was both movies pulling from like a classic Chinese mythology? Well, here's the thing. To that point, and this is me as a Marvel Comics uh, uh, comic fan historian and knows pretty much a lot about uh, Shang Chi or at least the last twenty years of his history because he's a character who Marvel's never figured out what to do with after mm. they got rid of the whole Yellow Peril aspect of him. He's always been in the background character. He's always he's always hung out in the same grooms as Iron Fist and things like that. But he's like he's mm. never really been a focal character. There've been attempts to make put him on a bigger screen, but like no one that been able to nail it. This movie's giving him a boost in which now he's featuring more prominently, which is good. But we'll see how long that lasts. But I can tell you that the entire third act of this movie is also the plot of Iron Fist. Oh yeah. With a mythical city in heaven, huh? with a dragon guardian. With the main character derives power from. The main character was also a spoiled rich kid who was dumb. There, well, there is trained by some other third party. Which is, which is fair, but it's one of those things where like <laughs> I watched this movie and I came out of it just like a lot of the narrative choices I found were super bizarre. Okay. And and it and ultimately for me hurts the project for me. Because I think the first two thirds of this movie are like some of the best Marvel Marvel movies I've ever seen. Like in terms of I like the villain, I like I like mm -hmm. Sean, I like his sporting cast, I like everything, I like the I like the choreography, I love I love it. Then it gets to the third act and I and I I I the, it starts to lose me and it wins it like mm. it sticks the landing with the final fight and how that plays out mm -hmm. but that entire the sweetness of that third act is like like i need to i need to really I, I need to talk with the screenwriter and the director in regards to the direction <laughs> they made with this film because i just want to know why these, why they made these choices well you know avery okay. i wonder is it is it not necessarily iron fist and by the last dragon although i can't speak to the the latter but is it more because we so closely link with dragons in terms of how we describe chinese culture that, that yeah. it is almost ubiquitous you're going to see a dragon somewhere if somebody's yeah. chinese 100 uh, percent unfortunately and this is me to bring it back to the comic book thing chung chi has never been associated with dragons Oh, this is very much a thing. No. They added. But he's Chinese, and you got to tell Americans. And oh, it's like also, black people, uh, hip hop. I mean, another another thing <laughs> that they changed about this film, which is probably for the better, is he's not. He's only half Chinese. It's the whole thing. In the comic books, or are you? It, no, in in the comics, he's only half Chinese. Yeah. He's he's specifically had the other half. Um, a uh, British white woman. And there's some, there's some really dumb eugenics bullshit involved in it. I'm just like, uh, this is, this is uh, not cool. That may be a good choice for them to not do yeah, in a movie. Good choice they made. Good choice they made. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. It's kind of yeah. like in, um, what's it called? The other, the other show, um, Invincible, where it's like, yeah, it's now biracial. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay. You know, yeah. the people are, I think, deliberately making those choices to bring more diversity to the audiences. And I think well, just that, that's a better thing yeah. to not get through 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, so, 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 end my thoughts until DJ can go. I like the movie. I really, I really had problems with its, its uh, narrative construction and its third act. Mm. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, just to go along with everyone saying, I absolutely love this movie. Um, we're going to talk about our favorite moments, but I, the movie theater we went to uh, had reclining seats, and the the bus fight scene. I I literally went to stand like went to like sit up and realize I was reclining and I went through the painful and long process of holding the button so the the recline part can go down slowly into the seat part so I could sit up and just like be a part of that. I absolutely loved the fight choreo for this movie. Um it 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 felt so much like Jackie Chang and it almost to me it became like this guy could become the new Jackie Chan. Like he he moves so effortless, effortlessly, and yeah. So that that that's besides the point. In terms of the overall story that they tell, I love the story. I think um, you know there was one point where I, I watched the movie with my wife, and um, you know she turned to me. Uh, I think midway through, where he um, he finally gets uh, Shan Shi and Xiaoling. Uh, back home and like my wife turns to me he's like you know this the, the dad really loves his children it's just that his 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 methods are just <laughs> awful <laughs> but uh like yeah it's just well he's a I thousand everything years about old it. so you well, know he's that, about back in his day this is how you that's true these kids that's true and i love the point where uh, they actually got into the uh tallow is it tallow yes tallow tallow okay and um, the old guy is talking to the dad, and dad's like, "You shut up, old. You shut up, young boy." Here is something. And I was like, "Oh damn, that's right." <laughs> yeah, like I had such a great time watching this movie, and it was to actually sit in a theater and watch a movie, especially in this time. It was kind of weird, but it was weird for a, a it was weird for an unknown reason for me because I, I turned to my wife and I was like, "This movie's kind of loud." And it was one of those things where just I have I'm just not I'm not accustomed to a movie theater in the volume of the movie that it just kind of caught me off guard and it was just like yeah this this is a movie theater experience like this is you know what you have to whatever um yeah like I yeah I just I had a really good time with this movie um in terms of the 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 narrative like construct to what uh, Avery is saying I can't I don't really know. I'll be interested to get your thoughts in the in the critiques portion of this, Avery, because yeah. like I'm I'm interested to, to really like kind of dig into that. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention that there was some backlash in this movie that we're not going to really get into because that's just a different conversation. But Aquafina and her black accent or black scent thing, yeah, that we're aware of that, and it's a thing, and it's like you know, it's kind of hard because. Um, yeah, whatever. That that's a different. I would just say it looks like one of my favorite parts. And I guess if we go to that section there, um, well, well we'll talk about more Aquafina, but later mm -hmm. I'll hold that back. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. Overall, I had a great time with this movie, and I am very interested to see how uh, Shang Chi works with the rest of the cast or the new this new Avengers cast. And yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. So yeah, uh, that is our impressions, and now let's let's just jump into our favorite moments. Um, 
I'm not sure if you guys can hear London. She is crying right now. She's still crying. Um, my wife, my wife is dealing with her. I, yeah, I'm not yeah, because like right now, that was like the most like. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't hear her. So that was the most. Like, oh, that was the most Mandarin moment you could have had. Like, oh, my daughter's crying. I'm not gonna deal with this. She's <laughs> breathing. Labor day. You the day off. It's just terrible. Jeez. All right, um, Douglas. What was your favorite moment or moments in this movie? Um, I think the my most stand up moment. Like I said, it was the handoff of the rings between the father and the son. Oh, yeah. This movie, one of the big themes is about parents and, and, and dealing with loss of parents and trying to find one's identity with two people who are you know, both sharing their love of you, but come from very different backgrounds. And so I love how, like I said, the father really loves his children. Yeah. That's quite evident. Harsh, you know, he 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 was a rough dad, man. He he he's like, look, I have this have a standard, you know, and this don't cut it, you know. He was quite adamant that his children, or at least his son, would grow up to be a strong figure. Mm-hmm. That moment where you see motivation behind the father is really the loss of his wife, the one right. to unify the family, and how. The one moment when the father realizes that all that he's been doing was a lie, and that his son was right, and that the end is near, like like you know the soul sucking monster is about to like you know cut this out, and he had to hear that look, and the look at his son, and he's like, you know what? These are yours now. <laughs> yeah. Yours. That and was, it was dope. like you know Disney know how to kill off parents. Man, they know how to do it. Beautiful, beautiful scene. Yeah. And I like how with this movie, as well as some of the more recent Marvel movies, they give you complicated villains who are not completely bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like his father, yeah, he was driven by power. And, 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 and you know, he, he wanted type of security for him, life and his family. But he also, to end, what he really wanted at that moment was not world domination, he just wanted his wife back. And he's like, I hear her. I see her. Right. Weird things has happened before. People snapping back and forth through time. Right. What, why can't she be alive? Not? And you know what? I really like the fact that in terms of the, the, the villains of the MCU, it's mm-hmm. they're villains, but it's based off of your point of view. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in this movie, I really like that they went the extra step of actually showing us on screen the dad hearing the the uh, his uh, the, the mother's voice, and it's just like, oh dang, he is actually hearing this. So it's not even a thing where he's just making this up. Like this is serious to him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it shows um, when you know because even like I think a lot of ways, Aquafina's character Katie, she's kind of like the audience, which is like, okay, this seems all kind of yes. weird. Yeah, yeah, you know, definitely. Got, yeah, I yeah. known this boy. Who couldn't throw a punch in high school, and all of a sudden he's throwing moves in the back of his bus here? <laughs> right. What the? WTF? Who are you? When she stepped in that room, it's all like these two gems by the tiger in it. Which again, not a lot of foundation, but why these gems go to that tiger? Because all she said was use these gems to find your way home. Like is this a compass? Whatevs. Yeah. Very special yeah. effects though, because the room started moving to water, and all of a sudden she's like, oh. This is serious. Like, I, right. I moving here in ways that I can't help her. And 
I, I, I really, like I said, I love that the dad was a complicated figure. I love the handle of the rings. And I like how all the main characters had a role in coming together for the end. Right. In a way, right. even the father had a role in trying to bring down the main monster's demise. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> Avery. Oh, uh, yeah. What's so the, uh... I think the. In more so than any Marvel movie, I think this movie has the best flashback sequence and the way they narratively <laughs> weave that flashback sequence into the narrative in that yeah. we see the flashback, then we see a little bit more of the flashback, then we see a little bit more of the flashback. And every part of the flashback we see reinforces the current narrative going forward in the main timeline. And I just think the construction of that narrative and what it says about Shang, his sister, his mother, his father, and their family and their relationship really works to reinforce the decisions that are made at the very end of this movie. Like, mm-hmm. I think the mother's death, because I, 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 they couldn't have shown the mother's death before, at any point, until after their father had already started to uh, go down his, gone like, wild. gone wild in the, in the present, because right. any birth, anyone with a mind would have said, oh, she clearly died right in front of you, right here. Like, there's no way in hell she's being sealed behind this way. So, like, right, it creates, right. this, yeah, it yeah. creates this interesting narrative, dramatic tension in that Shang knows that his mother died. He watched it happen. So when mm-hmm. his father's saying, your mother's alive and this is where she is, it's like, when he's saying, that's no, you're true. crazy, yeah. like, that, that's not possible. It's like, he, he knows, infor- like, I think the way they reveal that information... The witness. Is, yeah, the way they reveal that information is really great, and I... I genuinely like. Mm-hmm. I I just genuinely love the construction of that flashback thing. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. flashback sequences. Like I, I would, agree. I would also, I would also watch a Tony Long eighties ninety nineties Mandarin movie any time of the, any day of the week. If we can get like a <laughs> Disney Plus series of just Tony Long, Tony Long as a Mandarin, just handling oh his business and being an, and being a semi-bad dad yo it's like the emotional heart like his ability after his wife died his ability to show love it's completely changed but he still has that part of i'm a father and this is my son because like even when he shows and one of my favorite faster things is him going to the iron gang's like place of business and just destroying the place he still has that moment where he goes down to his son is like you doing okay it's like that's the lesson it's like this is how you do business here Right, this is right. A life lesson. This right. is like for him. I'm preparing my son for the future. So exactly. It, you're right. And while yeah, like to me, to, to me, I okay. oh, go ahead. No, and while it's the father had a, it seemed to me as Avery said to how the flashback rolled together to me the moment is that the father always had a plan that his son would take over. He just didn't know when. So I I agree mm. with Avery in that the construction of the flashbacks reinforces his the ultimate decision. I actually, I, I, I took that, I took um, the, the, the father fighting the Iron Gang a little different in terms of, I took it as a, this is my apology for not being there to protect your mom. And it was one of those things that like, he did that and he, to me, to me I kind of read it as he felt like he failed his son because he didn't teach his son how to defend or how to fight or how to do anything because he was just being like trying to be a good dad and kind of separating like 
the Ten Rings aspect of his life from the family life. So when the when the mom died, he came, he saw, he realized like I've I've kind of messed up. Not kind of like I've messed up because I should have taught my children how to, or at least my son, how to fight. And I, I didn't got, do that. I, 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 I read that it. Okay. I, I, this is how I read it, DJ. He read it in although, that. Although I will, I will, I will, I'll do, I will say that later on in the fight, it, it, that kind of gets debunked because the, the father says something like, um, something to the effect of like, it's your fault, Shang-Chi, or something, something like that. I don't know. Whatever. Well, you, you should die for the cause. You should die next to your mama. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Shang-Chi yeah. got a thousand years. He can make another son. He'd be all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. would you affect, I'll, I'll set out rage and hate. Because, like, at, uh, in, that, in that scene, like, Shang watched his mother die and couldn't do anything to stop it. His mm-hmm. father took him with him specifically to not only demonstrate what they would need to do to, uh, like, get revenge... But to like point out to people too to to test whether his son would have the resolve to go along with it because he makes a point to ask Chong, do you will you help me on this? And I do think he loves his son enough to been like if he said no would have been like because the entire situation I think it's very manipulative. I think he I think the uh. Wenwu loved his son enough. The father loved his son enough to be like if he had said no at that moment. To be like, cool, I'm gonna do this by myself. I know I see, I took a different perspective. I don't think mm. it has much to do with the son. I think it's about it, I think he's very egocentric at that moment, which is about you cross a boundary. You another gang went into my home. And I'm gonna teach my son this is how we do business. This is the rules. I was too soft. You would deal with your mom, trying to do all these little tire load dragon stuff here. Nah, 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 nah. We cutting people down right here, right now. This is what we do. I always took it as not necessarily an apology, but this is a revenge trip. And he's okay. couching in terms of eye for an eye. And whether or not his son joins him in that fight, I mean, at the, at the time, you know, his son's like seven years old. So it's not really have much of a choice. If anything, it's more right, like, right. you got to solve, I got trained to be a fighter. And then when the opportunity came, yeah, he was 14. He's like, look, I trained to be the best. The this person, is what yeah. we do. Yeah. So, I don't think it was like a he was voluntold. It's a question, but not really a question. <laughs> he asked him what to do, but it was a period at the end where it's like, oh, we're gonna kill him, right? And and his son did. Like, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh in terms of me, my favorite moment of oh I, I didn't I just talk about Oh no no no. I said that in the in the yeah. My favorite moment was um the bus fight because i think <laughs> for me that was that was such a ground level like throw hands kind of a fight versus just like the end where it was more like magical mm-hmm. like energy cg stuff like i i really love the stunt work i really love the fight choreo and the the idea of oh snap the um Razor Fist is is cutting that the the bus in half. I'll just use that as a weapon essentially and push him over as yeah. Like all that was great. I even love the cuz I ended up watching um a YouTube video where they like kind of talk about the um the movie and so on and so forth and the detail that I I'm pretty sure we all missed was the fact that Razor Fist actually got the pendant from him in the exchange of the blade being in between um Shang-Chi's uh, legs and going up or whatever. 
Like, mm. I, I just loved how that worked. And even the, <laughs> there was, I noticed it in the movie and I was just like, oh, that's weird. But like one of the extras in the background where um, when they're fighting on the bus, the um, one of the, the bad guys, like, I guess gets close to her and she does like an X or whatever. And it's just like, why is that the direction? Like, but I, I'm I'm assuming that the take was so good. They're just like, whatever. We'll just we'll just leave it in. Don't matter. Don't matter. But yeah, I just had I had such fun time with that. And then the second DJ, I have uh, a question. Yeah, why would there's no real traffic on this long bus ride down this one street in San Francisco? Why would there no traffic? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> no, I was like, I'm like, y'all barely got a red light. She's up in here crashes though. I'm like, man, I wish our MTA bus moved this quickly. Right. Anyway. <laughs> Last time I checked, I, I didn't think uh, you know, LA streets were like that or California streets. San Francisco. Were like that. San Francisco. Or San Francisco. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you. I love that scene. <laughs> I really did. And again, I agree with you. It was it was not CGI heavy and and I, yeah. I enjoyed that level of Brit, the fight scene. Right. Although I do have my quiz now, save later about pretty boys okay. fighting. But uh, yeah, well, I enjoy that. Uh, and then uh, the second uh, favorite thing was the scaffolding, the bamboo scaffolding fight. That that was the point where I really saw Shang Chi as like Jackie Chang, and I was just like, oh, like he's literally doing some movements that is like that is very much so Jackie Chang's like movement style. And like even when he um he went he went through the floorboard and he used the floorboard to like ping pong and hit the people. It's like that's what Jackie Chan does. That's that's what he would do. So like I absolutely loved it. And like I'm if you if you don't know me, if this is the first time you're hearing my voice or any of our voice, I am a big fight person or fighting scene person. Like I will the the entire movie could be trash. Is the fighting scene good? The movie's good to me. That's that's where I'm at. Okay, so. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It also explains DJ's taste in video games. <laughs> exactly. I'll tell you, so DJ. If the gameplay is good. And funny, you saw Jackie Chan in that scene. What I saw, mm -hmm. which could also be related to Jackie Chan. I'm not going to doubt mm -hmm. that lineage or inspiration. One of my favorite movies is, is Bond Skyfall. In day two, okay, yeah, scene yeah. where there's like a silhouette, nighttime silhouette, mm -hmm. in Macau, actually. Yeah. Gameplay, yeah. Where they're yeah. fighting and you see the silhouette fight. I I, I that's I, I saw that come to life as well. I was like, this Yeah, is okay. That's what's up. All right. Um with that being said, let's get into the critiques of the movie. Uh Douglas, you go first again. Three oh, boy fighting. So oh, yeah. this is a <laughs> I, I used to say that see this a lot, but for a uh, female fighters, especially with no, MCU like uh, most notoriously, Black Widow, where somebody's having a a fight, a a gritty fight, like there's there's this hand to hand combat here, makeup flawless, and it's like <laughs> I can walk to my car right now and I will break a sweat. These people glistening out there, glamour, and, and, and I'm like, Saint Chi has like flawless makeup here, doing riding the dragons like Khaleesi. And this boy <laughs> hair doesn't move. You know, I'm like, okay, all right. It's that type of like boys fighting. I'm like, you know, if you're going to have a fighting where you're in the water, you're getting you're mm -hmm. roughed up. There's soul sucking creatures around you. You, I'm, I'm putting you get dirty. You're getting dirty blood. Something, but this is PG-13. This is Marvel, mm -hmm. where pretty people with powers fight. 
and that 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 always is, amuses me when I'm like, y'all, okay. That's a good. That's like, a good point though, because I'll say even like um. The dad's hair moved more than Shang-Chi's. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so like I said, Shang-Chi oh, got amazing makeup. That's all I'm saying. Look, that, mm. that, that's a, it's a critique right there with a compliment. Right. There, there was one point um, during the flashback where he was mm. uh, training, tra- training with the... Well, him as a child was training with the mask fighter. Per, I don't... The Death, Death Dealer. Okay, yeah. And like... Uh, Basically, man, Death Dealer got rough, the dagger man. to his face and like cut him. I was like, "Oh, this is okay." <laughs> like, that's a lesson learned, but it didn't really. Another thing too, actually. Another thing too. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll just, okay. I'll I'll jump in. I'll, I'll do my critiques and then Avery, you go. Um, this is this is a very 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 tiny critique, but the um the child. The, the child version of Shang-Chi, uh, he, he had like a scar, like a circular scar on his eye. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because like the way that they framed the scene, like the light kind of reflected off of his face and you can see, you mm-hmm. clearly see it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if they're going to get into that. But then when they jumped to adult, like, like <laughs> but you know, when they, when they jumped to a, a adult version of him, he didn't have the scar or anything. I was like, oh. Huh, he's pretty that's now. Weird. He's in L.A. or San Francisco. <laughs> he got some work done. You're right. <laughs> that's how he's listening. <laughs> oh man, but yeah. Um, my 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 real critique with this movie, and again, like I love this movie, so it was really kind of hard to pick stuff. But I felt the abomination in Wong fight was kind of just thrown in there. I will talk and about. I, I, I yeah. I I okay. I, I get that mindset because it yeah. in a vacuum that fight seems entirely bizarre, but it serves two masters, and I'll talk about that later. But continue. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like me, that was, was the abomination. He's the villain from the, from the Incredible Hulk. From the Incredible Hulk, but that that Hulk movie was separate from the this Marvel MCU. No, it's not. It's it's considered canon. The Edward Norton. Uh, well, I guess yeah, yeah, because yeah, Abomination yeah. is in. Okay. Yeah. yeah true. 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 Okay, but yeah, yeah, like um, that was weird to me because I they showed that in trailers, so I thought there was going to be more to it other than like it was clearly staged. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And then even when Wong did the teleportation and they both went back into what looked like Abomination's like capture or like like cage essentially, I I don't know if that's supposed to be the raft or what, but it was just like uh, okay, okay. And then at the end, where Wong was called Shang- Shang-Chi and, and um, what, Aquafina and Katie, Katie to go with them. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was just weird. Like it's a very small critique on my side, but it's just like, I kind of want, I wanted more with that, but yeah, whatever. I, was, so I thought that was kind of oh. like that light, like what Marvel does. So like, it's like potpourri. Like, they put that there, you know, that eating yeah. your popcorn. Yeah. I think, yeah. Well, but, let me re- for, re- reassess some things. I'll talk to DJ's point right now, and then I'll get to my greater point. Uh, okay. It served that sequence serves three ma- three masters. It's one. It's supposed to set this movie in the MCU, so people who are watching it recognize the MCU movie because outside of them oh, mentioning okay. the blip in Thanos and all that in yeah. the very beginning, yeah. 
and uh, the appearance of another character mid like midway through is this is very much one of the most un MCU movies I've ever watched in regards to it's like just standing alone in its own place. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so Is that be a problem to you? Yeah, it gets to my point. It, there are problematic okay. aspects to that. Because uh, there, there are choices they could have made that I don't know why they didn't make. But yeah, the, okay. second, it's supposed to affirm that Shang-Chi knows Wong. So when Wong shows up at the end of that movie, okay. oh, it, it's an easier ask for why him and Katie would just get up and go with that character mm-hmm. going through it. And three... Oh, no, I, Avery. Some dude with a going circle roll up in your house. Like, hey, we got something with me. Are you, are you be like, <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> My ancestors tell me no. <laughs> On a script writing sequence, it's supposed to make that Wong showing up less sweaty and less like less of a, oh, Wong is the most prominent Asian person in the MCU at this point, so we're going to find a way to put him in this movie. Let's try and make oh, it less sweaty as possible when we get him into yeah. this sequence at the end. Because why didn't Doctor Strange come out of that portal? No, Wong's already had a Wong has already had a prior connection with Shang Chi, so this is why it makes sense. And third, I think it's supposed to uh, serve to set some things up in She Hulk. In that, oh, abomination! No, no one has yeah, seen yeah, the yeah. Abom- We know the abomination is going to be in She Hulk from things Marvel yeah. said. The abomination yeah. has not shown up in a film sequence since in- the end of Incredible Hulk. This is a movie. This this just get- lets you know that he exists mm-hmm. with inevitable mm-hmm. She Hulk thing and then based on the way they leave this movie i don't necessarily think he's going to be the villain of she hulk i think if she hulk's going to take its comedic bent i think that she's going to be working to get him out of jail or some bullshit like that (laughs) that's a good point that's actually a really solid point okay so i was i was talking about my sort of issues with the narrative construction of this movie and it's resemblance to other movies that Disney has made and other products in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, number one, Iron Fist is one of my favorite Marvel comic book characters, period. I love the story mm. of Danny Rand. I love Kun Lung. I love all of that bullshit. I was super disappointed in that Netflix, Netflix show. I just like, I don't blame Finn Jones. I just blame Aww. the construction of that show in its entirety. I first season. It was perfect laundry doing I played Breath of the Wild Bogart. one. I played Breath of the Wild while watching the first season of Shang-Chi. Like it was okay. not Shang-Chi, yes. I mean Iron yes. Fist. But yeah, my yeah, issue yeah. with Iron Fist is that the the uh the belabor at this point is that it was one half uh, uh fucking suits and then one half an actual Iron Fist show. And I'm like, I don't mm. think we need extended sequences of people in a boardroom like <laughs> talking legal mumbo jumbo, and I think right. we need more of the eventual Iron Fist bullshit, but that's not a hero there. But however, they rip wholesale large sequence of that world's and plot to fit into Shang-Chi. Like the minute they start talking about Tao Lo as being a mythical city in heaven, I'm like, oh cool, it's gonna be Kung Lao, it's gonna be Kung Lun, and this is how they're gonna tie Iron Fist into Shang-Chi. Like, nah, it's just a random place called Tao Lo that doesn't exist in the Marvel Cinematic Marvel Universe at all. I'm like, what? That's a weird Why not? choice. It's so mythical and big. Of course, it can have multiple mythical cities with dragons in well, it. Why not? Well, he's, but Why not? to that point, Kung Lung is part of seven mythical cities of heaven. And there are, are we, in the comics, we all know those mythical cities. Talo is none of them. So they just made up one whole uh... song. So if Iron Fist shows up now, it's like, so are we going to use Talo now? Or are we. Because mm. they, 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 they exist. It's, it's the exact same thing. They even got a fucking mystical dragon. Which, to get to the dragon, I have no idea what I need to call this fucking Fing Fang Foom. No, it's the Great Protector. It's just a random dragon that doesn't exist in the Marvel Cinematic Marvel Well, Universe. wait. Is, is Fing Fang Foom, like, a 
pro like is that is that okay to say like is that is that a problem i feel there's like no, i feel nothing, like that there's nothing racist about being thank you okay okay <laughs> gotta ask like, this guy i don't want to do a racist okay so here's the thing think thank food is an iron man villain it's a giant green dragon with purple pants it's super funny super exhilarating super cool uh pants Considering the Iron Man franchise hey, is in a children can't see those parts, we gotta keep it PG. Considering that one of the things Shang Chi did was it welded the Mandarin from Iron Man to the Fu Manchu Yellow Peril of the actual Shang Chi mythos, like mm -hmm. I just I just don't understand why it's just a random dragon and not Fing Fang Foom. Like that just that's just an insane narrative decision to me. And then like, so I talked about how I okay okay. Yeah, I talked about how so the Iron Fist stuff bothers me, the Thing Thing Food stuff bothers me, but I talked about the, how I, I just dislike the third act of this movie and find it super sweaty. And like, I could see the scriptwriter justifying decisions for this final movie. Because like, the movie was perfect when it was a story about a crazy father who loved his son and his son who was defying him. And then suddenly, there's a super grand-scale cosmic-level evil that they all have to get together to fight. And I'm like, I didn't need this. So you felt like that was a more you felt that that was a leap. Yeah. Yes. And yes. And here's let me get to my point. Okay. I know the the reason that mythical dragon entity all that bullshit exists in the movie is to justify Shang Chi's place on the Avengers going forward in a post Endgame world. Because just having the ten rings, oh, he's got powers. People like, uh, but he just killed. He's kind of like Iron Man, where he's he's a human being with these powers and stuff. With Equipment that's powerful. He's more like he's more like a lesser Thor, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. But he, but we all just saw him take out a cosmic level threat. So now, for the audience, it will make sense when he's hanging out with, say, Thor, Captain Marvel. It, he won't mm -hmm. be it. What happens in comics, where like you put together your Avengers and you invent you invite Shang Chi, and I'm like, I don't think we need him. Why don't we just call Iron Fist? Iron Fist actually has powers. <laughs> I, you know, I, okay, because okay. that's the thing. I, I. I didn't think it was a giant leap. You know, now one, I'm not wedded to the comics. So that's, that's mm -hmm. outside mm -hmm. of my purview. But I, I, to me, it was like, it, it gave sense that something supernatural happened because dad's hearing voices in his head and we're not supposed to assume that he's insane. And so right. we're assuming that his voice and the, the movie gave those voices to say that he is not insane. It's just that he's hearing spirits from a, from a wall. And because this is China and this is how American cinema always pictures China, mythical things always happens in China. So to me, I see more of a like China dragon, like I said, black people in right. <laughs> you just made a connection. Business, just doing business meetings. Like this is a stereo, mm -hmm. this is a trope in which we're just riding along because that's that I, I just think told. from a narrative construction, yeah. we didn't need giant monster dragon. It so, could have been we needed my giant monster dragon, because that's why people went to a Marvel movie. They expect something supernatural now. So I no, actually I, think, I, I, I just think from a script from a narrative construction of this movie. If it didn't have a giant dragon, the third act would be so much better than it actually was. So, so real how quick. would Dad give up his rings? Wait, 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 wait. wait. He would have the I, same. I, I, so... He would have the same re revelation that Shang Chi had in that he realized everything he was doing was wrong, and then his son just refused to kill him. And then they can have a cathartic moment between those two characters. So I had actually a hail mary in terms of what I was expecting for this last, um, this third act to be. Um, so I thought behind that portal was the evil Doctor Strange from What If. 
in my mind, I thought that would be a really cool connection between this show or this movie and what if, if because the last episode was Evil Doctor Strange being basically trapped in that pocket dimension. In my mind, I was like, okay, well, maybe they can do a thing where he's been trapped in his pocket dimension, and then Tallow is this mystical place where we don't exactly know where it is. So they actually could be connected with this pocket dimension, and the protector sealed off the only portal that had access to Doctor Strange. And it was a thing where Doctor, this Doctor Strange, the only thing it could figure out to do was to reach out to something that it felt was powerful enough to break it out. And it was, it happened to be the father with the 10 rings. And it was a thing where in my mind, I was hoping, I was hoping didn't happen. I was hoping that the, uh, the dad would just like knock the, um, the portal or the, the gate down or whatever. This would be a giant black portal and then out walk evil Dr. Strange. And it's just like, Oh my god, this is insane! But that didn't happen. Then we, we got this giant freak dragon beast thing. It was like, no, like another, all right, another, cool. Uh, so back to my earlier point of it not needing the dragon, and what would they have instead? Mm-hmm. Implicitly, the re- like I I don't like the narrative conceit that he was hearing the the monster from Tao Lao was reaching out to this guy from wherever he was and just putting that shit in his head. Oh man, they got, they got 6G, they're beyond 5G. That's how good yeah. those fears are. It would have narratively worked better <laughs> to me if whatever was in there was tied to the actual rings. And that's, uh, okay. that's that would have been interesting. That would, that's the reason be why I heard it. And that's why- rings are a curse. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I, I, that makes sense, that makes sense. I, I actually I, thought like that was like, it had a connection to the rings in that way, but the way that they explained it in the movie, like, oh, I, I guess not. I know. Yeah. And then, why like, didn't they reach out I to was like? Chilling with this, I, I mean, I, I, because I, I feel like you need something powerful enough to give the father to sacrifice to bring. Because like he's been going for a thousand mm-hmm. years, he really don't need his son and daughter. He really, that's doesn't. true. He can make new ones. Well, I think, like I think Man. that <laughs> comes to our interpretation of the Wenwu character. That's that's to the interpretation of the Wenwu character. Because like for me, in that catharsis moment that I was hoping for. He keeps talking about bringing his family together. It's a big part of why he's doing this. Like he, even when his children defy him, he doesn't. They, he doesn't kill them, get rid of them. Like oh, I'm a thousand years old. He he just puts them away and tells them, "When your mom comes, we'll be together." That's all he's thinking about. So I wanted him to get to that moment where he realizes he was wrong and that the length he was going to. Like I I at a certain point he murders Shang to get to this moment. And then when like it, the the moment revealed not to happen, I think narratively it would have been a very cathartic moment for him to just drop the rings of the curse in his life and move forward. In fact, True. I think in regards to a threat that they could have had the third act, it should have been the Death Dealer. This mass figure who's just kind of in the background who could have easily been a greater threat involved in the greater plot instead of in the last third of this movie, there's just a random monster that just happens to be in this movie. I will say, though, that I think in a way what you're saying makes sense because... Well, okay. I think in terms of what happened, or at least how I read what happened at the end, he was trying to bring the family together by having, by by freeing her from behind this gate. So he thought he was in the right to do what he did up until this point. And once he opened the gate, because I guess, of course, he was so blinded by his, his objective, he missed the 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 soul suckers coming out from this top and everywhere else. So he was just focused on opening this gate to to get mom back. 
He's a mission-driven man. Right. I think, I think that stuff kind of did happen in terms of him realizing his mistakes. I think it was, it was very obvious when they showed uh, Shang-Chi do the um, Tai Chi movements to counter his attack, that they did the exact same framing of the shot to show when the dad was fighting the mom. And it was like very much so like this, like my son is very much so a reflection of the, the one that I want the most. And I think, you know, they just happened to do it where he was getting his soul sucked from him, where he's just like, you, you are literally the, you, you are basically a reflection of uh, this person that I wanted like back essentially. And it's like, I messed up because I didn't see that. So this is my gift before I die. My gift or, or my power, my essentially my power to you. Like, that's how I kind of read it. Okay. Although I will say though, I do think, I think if it was, if the third act was centered more around them and not the, the giant flying monster, like I, I would, I would, I would enjoy that too. Yeah. I would and then my last, my last critique is that this is the same problem I have with the last act of Black Panther, which is a movie that this, which is a, talking about Tao Lao and why it exists, it exists to create a Wakanda for an Asian audience. So this movie is a weird parallel reflection of the of the Black Panther movie, which works in some ways and works in other in, in, mm-hmm. in other ways, but also suffers from the exact same issue I had with the finale, in which we're gonna have a giant fight between twenty people and twenty people. It's gonna and it doesn't have the size of scale that like you want or expect, but everyone's treating it like this giant big thing, and I'm like, it's, it's uninteresting. I. I do. I but I they did were like flying the, monsters, though. There were, yeah, they, I did like when the soul sucker pulled no, out Death Dealer, and Rick was like, "All right, we the construction of the construction of this third act is a lot better than the construction of the Black Panther third act because there's an outside force inter- intervening and making it a more interesting thing. Mm. But every time it flashed back to the his awful GI Joe uh, henchmen, the Ten Rings, and their dumb. Ninja Turtle armor and fucking lightning swords, which I'm like, oh, this is dumb. And then, <laughs> and I, then I, I will, I will, I, I do appreciate though. I do appreciate impressed. the fact that the the dad came came to this place not with guns but with stun weapons. And he's like, I'm not gonna kill anybody. I just want to get well, the I mean, mom. And I'm not gonna I kill anyone. Leave. I'm gonna burn your house. I'm gonna burn your world to the ground. We should have implied that he's going to murder everyone. No, they can they can they can rebuild. They got a bunch of trees. Yeah, there was no guns at all. Guns previously, like why can't he have a gun? You know, like the only person that was capable of killing was Razor Fist. Razor Fist and Death Dealer, I think. I think because Death Dealer always keeps the daggers on him. Yeah, well, that's that's like that's ultimately my my general problem with this movie. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, I'm probably oh, yeah. also, I, you know, I think Avery, one thing you're hitting upon is I feel like in many respects, Black Panther's held up as a, is a great movie, a great representation. How do you make a movie that's not based upon white people that has a high degree of authenticity and, and still carry along with it? Good storytelling, good drama, good acting for so on china yeah. is the largest if not it's, the largest it's the second audience biggest. for cinema correct it's, yeah and so i think that is why in many respects that may play a role in how they constructed this film in addition to other considerations um mm-hmm. but you know 
not this is not a charity they're making profit they're trying to make money trying to make deals here that may That's also true. influence it but it, it is not like i feel like black panther had the level of research and depth and intent like nobody's nobody's paying school buses of children to see sang chi people weren't i don't think there'd be school buses of children going to see like I'm, i know people who legit paid to send school buses of children from their neighborhood school to on, black panther like, wow yeah on that point there is a difference between the nature of black panther and then yes. the nature of shang chi in regards to the demographic they represent shang chi represents specifically the chinese uh china and chinese american culture and things like that well black panther is a hodgepodge of every aspect of africa and that's one of my sub-saharan africa you don't really see much about uh, you don't see north africa that much actually uh he worshiped the egyptian cat god bossed oh you're right <laughs> <laughs> that's my yeah. problem <laughs> and like as someone who as someone with an, as someone with an, with an, of an african family and it with like close African roots, the hot the the weird hodgepodge of every aspect of Africa, rather than just pick a lane and stick with it, has always been an interesting choice to me. Mm, <laughs> because yeah, okay. th that's because I think to try and make they tr they were trying to intently make Black Panther represent representate representative of the diaspora. We represent everybody, so we don't offend anybody from being left out. Whereas yeah. That's not that's not that's not a problem that Saint has to have. I don't think that's a demand that that Asian viewers are expecting out of it, whereas I think black viewers have Yes. We said demand before. Yeah. Um but also Saint Chi is is a um like to me I just feel like it, it is is a really good movie that borrows a lot from a that's, you could argue some tropes of Chinese cinema. Um, yeah. Yeah. You see it yeah. so often. Yeah. But they do it really well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one, one minor critique. One of the things I loved about this movie is when characters, these Chinese characters walked into a room with each other, they all spoke Mandarin. They all spoke Mandarin to each other, and then when Aquafina opened their mouth, I, now we're going to speak English. That's fine. Yeah. They did a really yeah. good job of, uh, with mm -hmm. the consistency of everyone speaking their actual language in... Mm -hmm conversation with each other outside of some weird inconsistent moments like he's having a heart to heart with his sister and she just breaks into english for no real reason and it's like, yeah. <laughs> like okay yeah. english is how she can like, tell her feelings in anger <laughs> <laughs> like i i i do i i think in terms of like just talk about like black panther versus this movie and like what it represents i i do you know as being ignorant to the the chinese culture and just kind of just knowing stuff offhand i i really appreciated moments like um when the dad looked at aquafina and was like what's your chinese name <laughs> oh, and it was just I, like because that and then he, 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 exactly, he explained right like there. your name means stuff and the thing is like i have a i have a friend who is chinese and she because like her her i guess american name is snow and I'm just like, oh, that's cool. But then I was just like, that's that's not your that's not your like real real name. And then we had like, a conversation about it, and it's just like, yeah, like your name has meaning. It was really really like nice and effective to see it done in that manner in the movie. 
I, so to and me, on, like I was on, like, oh wow, okay. And on that beat, like I think a really thing, a thing that goes over everyone's head, and like you'd have to have like Chinese American friends to understand this comment. So I don't have, I so I didn't. I had to watch someone explain it to me, and I think it's actually mm-hmm. a market choice. Is that when Katie walks into the Fight Club and she's like, I can't speak, I can't speak Chinese. The guy's like, Oh, don't worry, I know my ABCs. In my yeah, head, yeah. I'm like, Oh, he's talking about. Out of the English alphabet, and then someone pointed out, no, he's talking about American-born Chinese. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm like that is an inspired and great choice. Yeah, but, yeah one, because they had a writer who knew what they were talking about. Yeah, and then yeah. one, my, this, to, uh, I, I, I want to move on for critiques because I want to have more deeper conversations about characters and things like that. But one thing that I also kind of bothered me is they, int- I don't understand why they used Macau in this movie as the setting of her fight, her Fight Club Empire. When they just went out of the way to establish Madripoor as the exact same thing, yeah, yeah, in a previous work, yeah, that that was that was my like I was like it'd be nice if it was the same place and yeah, but but yeah, let's let's move on, let's move on, yeah. So uh, what we're gonna do is actually just jump to the post credits scene and any cool Easter eggs that we saw because we kind of talked about the heroes and and we we didn't kind of we talked about the heroes and we talked about the villains. Um, if there is there any standout people you want to mention before we jump? I, I just want to say Aquafina keeps the job, and I love it. Yeah. I know great. some people are upset about her. I never thought at all. I, I'm like she's a comedian. She's there to make people laugh. I thought I didn't yeah. feel offended. I feel like she just. I I just I just like for not just the comic relief, but also there's moments where they treat her with sincerity. Yes. I did oh, yeah. not necessarily need her to be coupled up with Sean. I think. And, I didn't need that ending. Yeah. And, and, and they're not. It's it. The relationship between these two characters is super weird in that the relationship is super romantic without anyone saying anything about romantic and both of them treating it as platonic. In that yes. one of the first yeah. scenes. You yeah. You don't see that among straight people. Yeah. Which is, which, is, <laughs> which, is like, which is good, but it also vibes for me with a lot of Iron Man 1 uh, things and stuff like that. But like, it's one of those weird things where like I. I don't think we need the scene in the beginning of 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 uh, Katie's grandmother asking Shang, "Hey, when are you guys when you get married? married?" And I'm like, "Oh, so they're seeing this." And I'm like, I don't, I, I'm like, that's what a grandma would ask though. Yeah, right. yeah. She'd be like, <laughs> yeah. "You know how old I am? I'm waiting for where my grandbaby's at." I think for me, I think from a script that. construction, we didn't need that scene because it colors the rest but, of the relationship you know, going forward. Somebody's having a conversation well, right now. Like that right now, grandma's asking where my baby's at. You coming here on Labor Day weekend? Where are my children at? Uh, I just I, I just started school. Okay, and I'm about to die next year. What you going to do? <laughs> you, you all, you you all know, have throw down the guilt trip, don't you? You all have better. I think experiences with grandparents than I do. Speak to that. Shut I mean, I, I, I. Oh yeah, I'm I'm trying to make some babies right now. I tell you. Right. <laughs> I will say though, like I I kind of. I got the sense that, like, to me, that the the grandma asking, like, when you guys get married makes sense because, you know, you find out that, like, Aqua, Aqua, uh, Katie knew Shang-Chi for, or knew Sean for 10 years, and it's just, like, they grew up together. So it is very much so, like, they have this relationship, and it's, it is one of those things where, you know, they probably treated it platonically, but then everyone else around was like, you guys are together all the time. You work together. They literally end the movie like, walking out arms linked together yeah 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 and it's just like okay it's one of those things where it didn't it didn't bother me too much 
I completely so, you've been some people tell them that you're so close, you're like siblings. Although one true. weird thing, they never really explained this. How did he get America? Who raised him? How did he get enrolled in school? Those well, episodes of I'm like, how did I'm, this pre- he disappeared? I'm <laughs> uh, just- I, my 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 I, I also had that thought, but my, in my head yeah. it was like, okay, his dad did not send him to America with no money. And his dad also was hey. oh, did he go to America though? I don't think the, the movie was clear on where he was going, other than I found well, that guy. I need to go get that guy. I didn't know the destination of that. Well, that, that's fair, but I don't think his dad sent him there broke. So, regardless of where he ended up, I think it was re- reasonable that he'd be he'd have the cash reserves to start up a new life there. He was how he avoided what cash reserves? Does he have an ATM card? Like I'm, I'm, I, I'm like he. I'm, I'm, his dad's his dad was a secret organization. He doesn't have money in a bank. Oh, yeah. But 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 again, how does the son get the money? No, no but wait, 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 wait. We're, we're missing, we're we're missing, we're missing uh, one part in the movie where the dad said, "I always knew where you were." He gave I, him yeah. ten years to live in life, so that's what but, happened. I, but, I definitely think he went over no, there. And he was I like, think, "All right, well, I he's not gonna come that. back. I'll dad make sure he's that. like surviving." Me and, I think the uh, son know that. Son was like, "No, they." He's he like, assumed he had "How do my sister get my address?" You know, he we're starting the story as if he's been living incognito. He doesn't even know where his sister lives at. He just gets his car and he's like, well, she found me somehow. Like the subjective understanding we have of Sean's character is that he left this world, he kind of ran away, which we don't mm-hmm. really dwell a whole lot on. Uh than this I mean, this is not like an avatar, like, you know, I banished my son. It's like, no, he left. He did right. the mission though. He did he did his job, he fulfilled the obligation, and then left. And while dad knew where he was, I don't know if the son knew where dad is. I don't, it seemed like no. the son had absolutely no contact with his father yeah. and definitely had no contact with his sister. Yeah. That's why she ain't. Right. But yeah. I, right. But I, I read that scene in that he was given resources to complete his mission. He completed his mission and just went off. His, the only thing that I can't figure out is how he was able to be a 14 year old boy, enroll in school incognito, and have no one ask questions. That's the yeah. only thing. Yes! That, that's yeah, the only that part, thing that, part that, is that I. Like- Right. I, I'm confused on, but him building a life in in San Francisco after the mission and running away doing all that, that I, I have no issue following that track. If they said, like, I was in an orphanage, I got into foster care, something, a little, little sprinkle there. It, it just, like, he just showed up in high school, game picked on, and Alcafrian was like, or Katie said, don't do that, and start breaking the song. So it, that's what I'm like, that was one little plot hole. I like, yeah. But back to stop him, like Urkel, I don't know. Back to yeah. uh, Rin, Rinway, a.k.a. Katie. I think she's a really fun, good character, and I, I always love a good Aquafina in a film. Like, she's <laughs> the best part of Ryan the Last Dragon. Just watch that for okay. her as a dragon, just learning how to be human. It's fantastic. Uh, uh, <laughs> but it's... Uh, my, she very much... About halfway through the movie, she very much feels like a narrative construct in less of a character, if that makes sense to you, in that mm. she shows up in scenes so people will speak English, and then the movie has to find out, find something for her to do once they get the Taola. And I think that is one of the sweatiest moments in the movie where she suddenly becomes Hawkeye. It makes an insane yeah. change. Yes, you did. With like, yeah, yeah. With one arrow. Of training the day before. Well, Actually, well, it was, I, I it was think. Dusk. She might have gotten one hour of training. I, 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 think, I think the thing that they don't touch on is that Talo. So I had a thought that um, Talo might exist in the same room as the TVA, but just like separate somewhere else from the 
from that giant city or whatever. It, it, it may not be the truth, but I think in my mind felt like time worked differently in Talo. So them training, they were training like they, maybe they, for like a week they or so. Implicitly said they had three days. Yeah. Oh, did they really say? Oh. Yeah, they're like our dad's coming yeah. in three days. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, no. They said that dad's coming in three days, but I, I just think that the time worked differently in Talo. It didn't. It's not like one to one with assumption. I was not to me. They came. They were fans. That like, assumption doesn't work for me based on their aunt showing up at that age. She shows up at an age to be at par with what age their mother would be narratively. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, you're right. You're Only right, the yeah. dad maintain his youthful. He he ages differently. But everybody yeah. else, I, but yeah. I, I also love that. This is just a, a side thing I love. I love the the whole rings I don't age thing, and so they didn't have to de-age Tony Lu- Tony Lu- Tony Long at any point in the movie. Thank God, yeah. He was just a fifty something year old Chinese gentleman just he going about his up. life. Finally, see another movie of Samuel Jackson trying to play himself of twenty years ago on the screen. <laughs> he did that. He did it for for, Cap- for uh, Captain Marvel. He did it with the mm-hmm. Prodigy, and it's like, dude. Yeah. And I know yeah. how you look at the nineties. I saw it coming to America. <laughs> yeah. And then on that on that talking about characters, I love Wen Wu. The Mandarin, he's my favorite part of this movie. I love mm-hmm. this man's this man's casual supervillain drip is insane. Like when he showed up in that linen white suit that was kind of like a gi, I was like, who designed this man's wardrobe? I think this man's insane. I think the effects and use of the ten rings are such a cool thing. I love that oh, yeah. he is like I was one of those people who were like, this is an inspired choice from the go from actual rings on his finger to uh uh Chinese martial arts hungar iron rings as a weapon. I'm like, that was an inspired choice. Uh, it, it made mm-hmm. me ignore the fact that he lost all these cool, yes. interesting powers yeah. he could have had, but just the martial arts potential of them were great. I think I love the complexity of that character in that he's 100% a villain, but like you 100% sympathize with him. I, I, there are rare, it's, it's rare we get a Marvel character with this level of complexity. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I really loved everything about him. Like I said, I would watch 90s him walking around China just solving problems. He's a good 1970s father. Yeah. Like, like right. you know, you know, he beat them kids. <laughs> yeah, of he course. There was no time out. There was no time out. With <laughs> weapons. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's, let's jump he, to the He watched the his son get beat. He didn't beat his son. He watched his son get beat. <laughs> Oh, you, you know he, you know he beat you. Like, why are you crying at night? I'm just saying, as, a, as, a, as someone who was beat as a child, at no point did my parents dress my wounds after they beat the shit out of me. Did oh, you they want your lesson, like, baby. You know it hurts me a lot more than it hurts you. It's like, but you got the belt in your hand and the buckle right. hand is out. <laughs> you might be tired. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's let's jump to the post credit stuff. Um. So we got two post-credit scenes. The first scene was uh, Wong uh, requesting that Shang-Chi and Katie come with him. Uh, they then you get a scene where uh, Wong is with the uh, holographic version of Captain Marvel and Hulk, who is Bruce in Banner. a sling. Bruce, Bruce Banner. Banner. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yep, yep. In a sling, and he looks he looks mm-hmm. much older now as well. That's My interesting as well. Mid fifties. Yeah, right. <laughs> and um, he's getting older. 
they uh they open up the uh or or where we we get a we get a zoom in of one of the rings and Wong is is talking about how you know ever since Shang-Chi uh used the rings they felt it where they were and it was Avatar. weird so he called yeah right yeah so he he called them over so he can examine rings open rings and you see that when you zoom in zoom in zoom in there is a beacon happening and he's like you know we don't know who this beacon is we don't know what this beacon is calling so my question is what is that beacon calling because i, I we know I, eternals is a thing yes i, I have an I idea what's your idea the movies implicitly don't talk about the origin of the ten rings they talk about mm-hmm. him finding it him either stealing it or recovering it from a meteor in the comics they are called the makluan rings and they're implicitly alien weapons of weapons of power right so i'm assuming that if they're they if if they were going purely on the comics, which they've clearly ignored a lot in the construction of this film, they're calling to the Makluan, who are probably just an alien race or whatever. If they're trying to do some MCU comic wielding, I got no idea what they're calling. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just thinking off my head of what they've got work, what they're working on right now, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, I can't think of how this would uh, attach to anything. Right. Well, yeah. well, actually, no. It may attach to what's happening in Miss Marvel, but if it does, I'll be super pissed. Mm. Could it? I just could like it be... does the normal. I just showed up here. I don't know. I'm busy. Yeah. Miss Marvel, like, I'm like, like <laughs> did you have to show up in the first place? <laughs> no, okay, so. Direct when she was like, when she was like, uh, Banner has my number, he'll, he'll call and he's, he's like, I don't, exactly. I don't, I don't have it. She does like, all the time, I don't have her number. This well, I'd be like, she just knows it. Down on nine, she want to know what's the information is. She's going to leave and talk about somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's in this movie for like, she's in this movie for one reason is that is because she's in the, this director's all his other movies. So this was a, hey, you're also in the MCU. You're also in all my other movies. Can you do a cameo in this movie with me? Because, like, you oh, know, uh, like she doesn't have her endgame hair. She suddenly yeah, back yeah. has her normal haircut from, from, from her real life and in her normal endgame, normal endgame costume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, that, like, I was, that's the first thing I noticed. I was like, wait a minute, is this, like, is this a possibility that this all has been, like, an alternate universe and this is actually... MCM stuff? But uh, that was the reading into the MCM stuff too hard, DJ. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's still the MCU <laughs> until further notice. <laughs> and then the Bruce well, Banner situation. The first scene. And the second scene, we have... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, the Bruce Banner situation is them saving on budget when he shows up in She-Hulk. Okay, okay. Good point. Uh, and then the next scene, we have uh, Jai Ling is sitting at the head of the this new Ten Rings uh, organization where we see her train up uh, women. And, that, of course, that's the throwback to her dad basically having her just be over in the corner while the dad's focusing on, on training all these men and training the sons on, and her brother, essentially. But, yeah, I, I, I looked at that and I was like, huh, that's an interesting uh, thing that we have going on now, especially when you look at uh, Black Widow, the end of that, you have these widows that are out there doing stuff. So 
I don't know if it's going to be a thing where they like clash or they, they meet and they become the Ten Ring well, Widows or the Widows. That's interesting considering a Black Widow does show up in this movie in the Fight Club yep. sequence. Yep. Fighting yep. one of the extremist soldiers from Iron Man 3. So yeah. there might be At some first I thought I thought that guy was a mutant. I was like, oh my god, is that a first X-Men? And then like it was debunked. So, yeah. But yeah. I think that second sequence is less impressive in regard to its weight, especially since we mm -hmm. don't know what the future of Shang-Chi is. They just say the Ten yeah. Rings will return. But, like, as far as anything I've heard from Marvel in, like, all their press and talk, stuff I'm talking about, there isn't a sequel into this, this movie, like, already established or worked on or they like, because in, in our circle... I think it's going to be a show. Because the, the, the way that they did the Ten the Ten Rings will return or whatever. It's, it's in the same format as, like, um, Falcon Winter Soldier will return or Loki will return. I mean, they put these characters will return at the end of most of the Marvel movies. Oh, yeah, you're right. Damn. So, like, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. I'm more yeah, than happy yeah. to have a new story. I don't need, you know, Dad is gone. Leave Tan Lao. Mm -hmm. Maybe him versus sister. Maybe some other thing different. I, I would love well, a new story. If, the, if mm. they are playing specifically in the Asian section of the Pan Asian section of Marvel, there are like three avenues they can go if they're going to keep the format of Shang-Chi and the Legend of. There is mm. Shang-Chi and the Legend of Atlas, which would be them bringing characters from this uh, series called the Agents of Atlas, which is led by Jimmy Woo, who is a already in the MCU uh, as a character, which. And they've already started to show him more and more, which would be interesting. It also ties in more with mythical dragons and stuff. So, like, okay. I think you can do that. Uh, then there is Shang-Chi and the Legend of Pan, which is, like, this weird modern Pan-Asian country where, like, every part of Asia is connected into this one mythical city in, the, like, mm. the middle of the South Pacific that's filled with Asian superheroes, which if they want to, like, throw the fucking blow the fucking doors off in terms of Asian representation. It can go that way. <laughs> and then mm, the final it. one is what me and Marcus have been talking about for years. And this movie kind of makes kind of kind of difficult because there's a little sweatiness that they have to get around to ignore the similarities of narrative is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Iron Fist, which is like, uh... would be one, it would rescue the character of Danny Rand from his Netflix bullshit. Right. <laughs> and to give him finally the the weight and uh, the weight and worth in like in terms of representation of the character, and I'll be I'll be super interested because that's mm -hmm. that's always been the thing in comics: Shang Chi or Iron Fist. Iron Fist always got picked because he actually has superpowers, but Iron Fist would sit there and tell you, "Oh yeah, Shang Chi's a way better martial artist than me. I just yeah. can punch really hard." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that has Next been. Year, can I do one thing? Go for it. Yeah. This is the thing either is that. I feel like it's just remarking this moment that like we've had three action films of a primary Asian lead in this mm -hmm. year, which I think mm -hmm. is quite amazing. Because mm -hmm. um, we had G.I. Joe, we had the project, and I think it's just amazing that we are able to have movies with a predominantly Asian cast that's not a period Absolutely. piece. And so I'm hoping that we have more of this cinema available. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, that's a solid point. Like, it is, it is nice to see representation in a way that it is widening the content that we're getting, and it's not always the same four white guys on screen doing stuff. Hey man, I maybe love five. My, I'm sorry. I love, I love the, I love the conglomerate of Chris's. 
<laughs> you <laughs> well, got like, You can't forget about Tom Cruise, though. He's still there. Doing, I mean, I feel like we are. His time. I think one day we're gonna look back at Crazy Rich Asians <laughs> as like being a a, a inevitable or influential it's, movie. It's, yeah, it's the modern yeah. Joy Luck Club. Mm-hmm. Like if you remember mm-hmm. back in the day, Joy Luck Club launched a bunch of Asian actresses into sort of like cinematic height. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that the reach wasn't that big, so like they weren't popping off into different places. But like if you just half the cast of crazy, like the main cast of Crazy Rich Asians is in this movie or another yeah. Marvel property. Michael Fan, Michelle yeah. Yeoh, Ryan Chan. Yeah. Uh, Henry, you know Henry, um, Henry Golding is in was in GI Joe Snake Eyes. Gemma Chan has been in Captain Marvel, and she's also going to be one of the main characters of the Eternals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's 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 really awesome to to see like how far how far we've come. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And it's, like, yeah. it's it's also super awesome to see the Marvel universe get truly diverse. Not mm-hmm. here's our white character and his black best friend, which they've done with most of their characters but here's, yeah. a, here's an avengers like we're at a point now where if the avengers were to form the characters we have now it wouldn't be six white people yep it would be yep. an actual diverse group of characters mm-hmm. right right now they just need some now they need some lgbt representation in terms of their heroes i'm looking at you captain marvel your character should be gay you're sitting there raising your raising your black daughter with her mother like <laughs> no men in sight i don't know you can say that for the q force rumble is it um, oh yeah yeah is it isn't uh she hulk oh is she yes yeah, isn't she lgbt no q she's, no? she's no she's very sex positive Oh, okay. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. That was my mistake. All right. Well, this has been our review. I'm going to say ramble of Shang. No, wait. Shang-Chi. I nailed it. Go. I nailed it there. Finally, it took at the me. end of the movie, you nailed it. Oh, you forget nailed it. Now, now, now this is what we've you, been trying to avoid. Now I just need you to, to clean up your, your pronunciation of Jackie Chan and not Jackie Chang. Did I say Chang? You've added a G at the end of his name every time you've mentioned ah. it. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just pretend that I was saying Jackie Chan instead of versus Jackie Chang. Uh, you know, I, things happen. Things happen. I can't, I can't control things I say sometimes. You know. All we ask. Uh, but what a guy can control is the fact that this has been another episode of Press X to. St- nope, that's not right. You know what? You you just take care. You be safe. Make sure you check out our stuff on our YouTube at pressxnumber2start.com slash YouTube, and make sure if you have any questions on what we've said here. Or you want us to answer any questions on the cast, you can go to pressxnumber2start.com slash questions and ask that question. So take care. Peace out. Bye, watch everyone. this movie. Go watch this movie yeah. if you can safely. Uh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, peace. <laughs>